This podcast is dedicated with love and respect to Margot Kidder. You will always be our Lois Lane. another thrill-packed episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies 1978 Superman the Movie, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space and merchandise is... Rob Kelly, once again. Hello, Chris. Hey, Rob. We're, we're back. We're back. We need to rewrite the intro, because, of course, we're done the movie now, and now we're on to some other fun stuff. Yeah, right. So we're, we've already analyzed the movie five minutes of time. So this is one of our special episodes. Uh, it's post-Superman the movie, pre-Superman 2, uh, and we're covering some aspects of the Superman the movie phenomenon. Uh, this time we have a very special guest for this very special episode. Joining us to discuss Migo's line of 1978 Superman the movie toys is the man behind the excellent Plaid Stallions website, co-host of the corresponding Pod Stallions podcast, author of the fantastic Rack Toys, Cheap Craze Playthings, and one of the head honchos at MigoMuseum.com, our buddy Brian Heiler. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I didn't I didn't realize I had that many credits. <laughs> You're impressive. Wow. <laughs> now, Brian, before we get started, I have to ask, do you have a type 1 or type 2 body? I have a dad bod. Okay. It's it's a type three. Yeah. <laughs> now do you do you, do you get the molt effect if you're out in the sun for too long? Is that what has? Yeah, I I do, but that just is from being Scottish, Irish, and German. You know, it's just <laughs> there's no melanin in, in in me at all. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, I also I also get the broken ankle. Yeah. Ah, right. A lot. Always losing that's a great that one, Always losing that one shoe. Yeah, yeah, and and one one year my rubber band broke. That was disastrous. <laughs> I think I think Brian he's tall too, so he's like on the Ali body or something. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on that crappy Doctor Who body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been so fun, everybody. <laughs> yeah, good night. So we're gonna talk about. Migo's offerings uh, to tie into Superman the movie. First off, uh, did you guys own any Migo's Superman movie-related items? Brian? Not a single thing. Uh, I saw the commercial once during Challenge of the Super Friends, and that was it. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I do know that Superman was released in Canada because I have a Canadian-boxed Superman the movie but, okay. uh, character, but I don't know if the other three were. And no, I never saw any of that stuff as a kid. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. Yeah, I would have bought some of it. Uh, now, what about you, Rob? I had uh, the the Pocket Heroes. I had the Jor-El, and I had the Lex Luthor, and of course I had the Superman. Uh, I don't recall ever seeing the General Zod, because I would have bought it. I would Well, I would ask my parents to buy it uh, if I had had the chance, because I would have dug it. I never had the 12-inch 
uh, ones. Those were just, I just never saw them in, in stores or anything like that. Okay, okay. Well, I, I did have the 12-inch Superman uh, as a kid. Uh, that was the only one of the 12-inch figures I had. And I had the Pockets Superheroes Lex Luthor, which was the only super villain I owned in any scale. Uh, I never had any of the the any of the other Mego super villains. I don't know what I did in my play <laughs> in my playtime, but they fought somebody, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, Lex was Lex got a lot of use because he was the only the only figure I had uh, that was a villain. So the Mego had already had the DC license. Uh, so they were good to go as when the movie was announced, you can imagine they were that, you know, they, you know, there wasn't like looking for another a toy manufacturer. I guess Mego had a lock on it. Uh, Brian, do you know if Mego, did they have high hopes for the movie line? I think they absolutely did. Um, I know, from speaking to because I, I've I've always been curious as to why the line didn't um, look more like the movie, and I can never quite get a straight answer out of Mego people, but they really did think it was going to be a big deal. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a, you know the movie did very well, and yes. of course it was a huge huge hit, but. You know, there, like you said, there were some strange things about it. You know, the, the first off, the thing we I think we got to bring up is the fact that the, there were some likenesses to the actors, but then there was the strange choice of putting them in the comic book costumes. Was it strange though? And that's one thing I wanted to ask you, like you guys, I like, I think there may have been issues with the actors' likenesses because of the Wonder Woman debacle from the year before when. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Carter wanted fifty grand to have her face on the box, and Migo just took it right off the box. <laughs> uh, I, I think that they just went with soft likenesses, and yeah, Jarrell looks a little bit like like they copied Brando's hair, but it's you know it's it's not a real heavy likeness. Like nobody looks exactly like the the actor, mm-hmm. and you know I've. I've but I've even spoken to the sculptor of those those heads, and you know he he says, "Oh yeah, I was going for the actors, but I find them very soft, yeah. and that almost feels intentional." Yeah, it could have been one of those almost like when comic uh, comic adaptations kind of get close to uh, kind of like what you were talking about with that Buck Rogers Treasury comic, Rob, where they kind of get close to mm-hmm. the actor. Yeah, if you squint but, real hard, it sort of looks like him. Yeah, yeah, I think the. I think the the Lex Luthor's got quite a bit of Gene Hackman in him. I think he might be the the, the do, best he, one. He does and he doesn't because I'm pretty sure now. I spoke to the sculptor. His name was Ken Scheller, and he's he's a lovely man. He he did tell me a really great anecdote about the Superman. He said that when he handed Marty Abrams the the sculpts just before he went to Hong Kong, he picked up the Reeves head and said he looks great and gave it a big kiss. <laughs> You know, and I spoke to Scheller about the the Lex Luthor, and he said, "Oh yeah, that was that was done uh, that was done intentionally to look like Hackman." But if you look in like the '76 or '77 Mego catalog, there's a picture of a boxer uh, that didn't get produced for the Muhammad Ali line that has that same Lex Luthor face. <laughs> oh wow! And and you know, again, that was also sculpted by Ken Scheller, so it could just very well be that. It just sort of resembled Gene Hackman as well, but I've often I've never gotten a straight answer, and I, I you know so I don't really know what what why that is, but it, and of course you guys know that Lex ended up being Peter Chris as well, right? Uh, I didn't remember that one. I, I did not remember that one. So that is underneath... that's news wow. to me. 
Yeah. I, I knew Paul Stanley was the captain from Captain, captain. and Tennille. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, uh, Lex Luthor is secretly disguised as Peter Chris. <laughs> In his spare time, Lex sings Beth. You know? Yes. <laughs> Don't you remember when Superman, Lex, Zod, and Joel all released solo albums all at the same time? That was, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I particularly love the commercial for that, for that line. Where like you know Jor El and Superman are beating up Lex and Zod, just like it happened in the movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's what inspired Zack Snyder to have Jor El run around like an action hero in Man of Steel. I don't know. <laughs> but one thing I liked about Man of Steel, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, it it's a, it's a, it's an interesting line of, of action figures. And I think the thing that really excited me about the line though was. That is Lex Luthor from Challenge of the Super Friends. Yeah. For me as a kid. That excited me. And of course, I would have bought him, even though he wouldn't have been in scale with all my Mego figures. But we just never had that or the Pocket Heroes, which I think were. You guys, you guys, like, I, I never saw them in Canada, but those things were available forever on Child World shelves, were they not? Oh, I, yeah, I saw them a long time. Yeah, they were everywhere. I remember seeing them on sale uh, up in the, the Poconos uh, when we were on vacation. Like, it, like, uh, uh, not like discount stores, but almost like, like a CVS, like drug stores. So, yeah, they were yeah. all over the place. Because a uh, true story, I I drove across the border when I was in college. So this is probably 1980, not, 1990. And I, I decided finally, you know, I guess I could just go over to New York State. And I found uh, a Lex at a child world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm 20 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Twelve years later, you found yeah. Lex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was he hanging out with Secret Wars Kang? <laughs> Man, was I excited. <laughs> he probably was. You're right. I wouldn't even have looked at Kang. Yeah. Oh, Which wow. Which is probably still there. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really, I honestly don't recall seeing, it I, seems like I remember seeing those two figures, but I don't remember seeing them everywhere. You know, um, I, I'm sure they were probably there when I got the Lex. I remember them being on the the red cards of the Pocket Heroes, which the red cards were just so generic. The back was great. It's like, why didn't they put that on the front? The artwork on the back was great, but Every, everything. I, I have so yeah. many questions about that line. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I wonder why they use such terrible graphics because Mega was known for great packaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Lex Zod. And 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 Jor-El, as a friend of mine once put, they look like Peanuts characters. They have these giant heads, <laughs> and and weird, like round, round. Like they look like they're very quickly sculpted. They 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 look like, and not to throw off on a line I know you love, Brian, but they almost look like really crude versions of the Fisher Price Adventure people. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like real cheap dollar store versions, though. Right, right, yeah, yeah because they're they're a lot even a lot shorter. Like then, Superman like towers over top of everybody yeah. else in his line because he's in line with the other pocket superheroes. So. Yeah, and, and when you look at the other waves of pocket superheroes, they did end up re-sculpting. I think Wonder Woman and Goblin and Captain America and, and Aquaman, I believe, from from like, and they're gorgeous. They're mm-hmm. really yeah, they're nicely nice. done. Yeah, and then you just got these three that look like what? What happened? Well, <laughs> Yeah, little little Chris didn't care because he had a Lex Luthor. But yeah, looking at them now, it's like they look like they come from a totally different line. Yeah, like, I, I would have been excited to have 
Lex Luthor as well. I mean, they, we really were very uh, villain deprived with yes. that. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I just, I, I still would like an answer though. <laughs> I, I always assume that this line didn't take off more because they didn't look like the movie characters. But now I think about it, I'm like, I don't think, I don't know. Did, would kids have cared that it didn't look like the, the, the movie characters? What's the difference? And, and so now the, as I'm looking at the, the site, Mego Museum, and I'm looking at the page dedicated to this line, I'm thinking, isn't it maybe because, I mean, it's kind of good balance. I mean, of the four figures, you've got two heroes, two villains. Isn't it, I think, maybe more that the, it's because the original movie just isn't that prone to, like, inspire stories, you know, because there's really not a lot of fighting. Uh, Zod and Superman never square off, and I have to wonder: Would have Mego done better with a Superman two line if they had mm. been around? Because they would have had, you know, a movie where you're, you know, the kids would have been like, "Oh, okay, get the three villains and have them beat up your Mego Superman." But we didn't get yeah. to see any of that. I mean, what what are you supposed to kind of do with Jor-El, really? You know? <laughs> well, ex- exactly. Have a flashback. Like you're right. Uh, it's another case, and this this happened a lot after Star Wars, where. And it's not just Mego who did it. You know, Mattel did a lot of it. Like, you know, the Battlestar Galactica line has a lot of characters that appeared once. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. but um, not everything was Star Wars. And and even Mego, I, I've, I've pulled up an article, I think it's from 1982, about licensing in general. And um, it's, it's an interview with Cindy Schriebman, Mego's director of marketing, and she said, Superman doesn't increase sales for us. It came out of the time of Star Wars and other blockbusters. It was a question of vying dollars for dollars for action figures. You know, hmm. the, the other thing is, it's a movie about Superman, and Mego had been making action figures of Superman for six years prior. So it wasn't like he was new. Right. You know, it, you know Superman the movie came out, you could get your Mego Superman. There's nothing different about him been in the movie you know he didn't he didn't the the superman on screen looks like every iteration of superman that was in the 70s sure and i i wonder if that had something to do with it as well yeah it's it's you know it's very possible and it makes you wonder i mean i guess they didn't try for any superman 2 figures because superman 2 came out what in 80 and like in europe and 81 here in the states and and yeah. uh, and so they very well. It was before Miko went under, so they very well could have done a Superman two line. But you know, they probably were stung by the <laughs> by the first. Well, yeah, it, it's just. It, I think it's Wrath of Khan. You know, I everybody wonders if Miko would have done Wrath of Khan, and they were like, we wouldn't have touched that because <laughs> um, you know they they just ate it so bad with the motion picture. And while I don't think they ate it real bad with Superman, it just didn't move the needle either mm-hmm. right yeah yeah it was just another another superhero product it didn't yeah probably yeah. form to your, um, knowledge, to your knowledge brian did they ever did Mego ever consider doing like a, a girls aimed lois lane doll at any point no I, i've never heard of that no okay because i mean good lord they did nubia you know like who the hell heard yeah. of nubia and yet you know <laughs> I, I mean i could have i mean they did you know they had the share doll and all that stuff designed for young girls i'm surprised that lois lane i mean maybe it was like you know and brought up in a meeting you know on a piece of paper lois lane nah move on next but it yeah, just seems I, like I, lois is so famous a character i'm kind of amazed that it was never even remotely considered yeah, it's a little surprising because you know they put female characters like you know they're they're famously there was a two in, in although you know you're, when I think of this yeah Star Trek the motion picture you had Ilea and and then you, of course you had um, 
uh, Yvette Mimio in, in the Black Hole line, but there isn't even a Wilma Deering in the Buck Rogers line. Mm. She's a central character. Like, there's an 3-inch, but there's no 12-inch. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... The, you, you mentioned Nubia. I think that that was because that line was completely marketed to girls. Right, right. And they, they just wanted to pad it out with a villain. Right, yeah. okay. And, and, you know, I don't think they're going to do the She-Devil of the SS or whatever that was on the Wonder Woman series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it makes you it does make you wonder because I, I think I was reading on MigoMuseum.com that they actually did did, did sculpt Non and Ursa. They and, did. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, you're right. And they never got released. Um, someone I know has actually seen those. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what what uh, what shape they're in or what, but I just I know those 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 sort of kind of exist in a weird way. Um I think they might be clays, but yeah, they got they got they got yanked from the assortment. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff. Wilma got yanked from Buck Rogers, and there were supposed to be two more 12 inch Star Trek aliens as well. Hmm. Wow. So these things were always moving around, but yeah, Ursa and Nan would have been great. Oh yeah, they've been it'd been awesome to have them. And to my knowledge, like nobody has still made exact. You know, nobody's made action figures. Uh, of of those two, you know, I mean, like, there's never been anybody that's made all three of the Phantom Zone villains from the movies. Yeah, they've made several people have made Zod, but they've never made those two. So you haven't had the the set yet. So it's like, come on, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That seems that that seems like it should have been like a um a, a, a like a Maddie Collector thing, right? You know, like a three pack of the Phantom yeah. Zone villains. Yeah, yeah. That would have would have bought that. I bought this the three and three quarter inch Zod. Yeah, I was really happy to get it. I don't think I own the Christopher Reeve Superman, but I had to have that Zod because it's like, wow, a little Terrence Stamp doll, you know. <laughs> yeah. Something, something, something that I learned from, from before doing this episode, and I'm ashamed to say I didn't know this before, but I always assumed that General Zod was a creation from the movie. Was like a you know there was the, the the fanciful notion of either Tom Mankiewicz or Mario Puzo or David Newman or the mysterious Norman Enfield or whatever I mean somebody <laughs> that worked on it and then then of course DC brought him into the universe by putting him in the Phantom Zone miniseries that came out a couple years later although he looked like a like a sort of like a communist a Russian communist propaganda guy but but I'm wrong actually General Zod first appeared in like a mid early 60s issue of Adventure Comics mm-hmm. I never I never knew that uh, he didn't he didn't get a who's who listing so for some reason, even though he was like one of the most famous villains in all of like pop culture, but I never knew that. So it was funny because I I had always heard that the reason that there isn't more Superman merchandise is because of the deal that Mario Puzo had. That's why there's no comic book adaptation because they had to like cut him in. And I so I always assumed that that's why the Mego line looks like the comic book characters was because they didn't want to have to cut Puzo in on anything. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Well, then how did they do a Zod? But then I realized, well, no, they. They, DC did technically own General Zod. I mean, he makes, I think, like one appearance, and he looks nothing like the version we, we know. But DC, in fact, did own him. So I'm like, okay, that's how they got around. I love, I, I mean, we've all learned things over the years that you guys know much better than me about the sort of, like, very clever, legalistic yeah. rules that Migo <laughs> sort of, Migo would follow the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. And I sort of yeah. liked that they used that to get around Mario Puzo's same thing. 
Because Mario yeah. Puzo's contract was so onerous in terms of what they had to pay him, even though virtually none of what he wrote was in the movie. So I kind of like the fact that Migo was like, nah, yeah, we're getting around you. You know, like, yeah. he didn't deserve one single dime from this line. I hope he never got anything. <laughs> well, you know, you're probably right. That's probably what killed Ursa Non then. If, if they were created by Mario Puzo, then it's not something DC had. Right, right, right. They didn't own those characters. And, and if they just named her Feora, because Feora was a similar character created in the comics right around the time that the movie was in development. So I don't know why they didn't just call Ursa Feora and then DC owned it lock, stock, and barrel. And I don't know about Non, you could call him Jaxer or something. But, <laughs> but you know, one of the other Phantom Zone villains. But, hey, you know, but, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, that's probably, yeah, the Mario Puzo is... His his shadow hangs over all Superman movie merchandise. <laughs> I, I've always been fond of Zykree, the Phantom Zone villain from the Super Friends that looks exactly like Terrence Stamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were the, um, were, were the 12 inch uh, line, were they like fairly big sellers, like any of them? Or, I mean, did they, did Migo do them because they were relatively easy to do? I, th- I think uh, they did, well, like, the 12-inch line actually started in Canada. I don't know if you guys have ever read that on the museum, but I, there, there was, the Canadian arm of Migo was called Parkdale Novelty, and, and the man who ran it, Par- uh, Morris Kotzer, he really wanted 12-inch Migos. He knew that was going to sell, and he put his money where his mouth is, and he, he you know, he ordered a ton of these things and they were like he ordered a lot like they you could buy those in stores in the mid 80s and the amigo must have you know seen his success with them and they were selling them abroad for years before amigo brought them to the united states and of course they they changed them a bit in the u.s they gave them bulkier bodies and then eventually because remco came out with energized heroes at the same time they they pushed this thing called flyaway action, and I think they sold quite well, but briefly. Okay. You know, I think I think it was, uh, you know, they were really like in the late '80s. They were really trying to make sure nobody else got a superhero category on them again. <laughs> you know, or the late '70s, like you know, Remco figured out a way of getting superheroes, and that pissed Migo off. And then, you know, they started coming out with die-cast heroes. And, and, you know, of course, they expanded the pocket heroes, which I think did sell quite well. And they were just, they just didn't want uh, anyone to exploit. So the 12-inch was just also a really good butt cover. Um, I, think they sold a, I think they sold a train cars full of the Wonder Woman while the show was on the air, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was huge for them. Uh, it was funny, just the other day I saw um, that on the MigoMuseum.com, uh, there's a great, if uh, in the forum section, there's a great uh, custom uh, this, uh, custom discussion section on the, on the board. And uh, uh, one of the customizers uh, goes by Captain, Captain Act, uh, or Captain Action, I think his name's Ray. Uh, oh, Captain yeah. Yeah, Captain Act. He, uh, he took a Amigo Wonder Woman, and uh, made a Margot Kidder, a Lois Lane, and it looks so much more like Margot Kidder than it does Linda Carter. It's not even funny. It works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really works. I'm like, oh, my God, that's all they had to do was take the Wonder Woman doll. Yeah, put you put it in, in a pantsuit, and you'd, yeah. think, you'd, think, it was, um, you'd think it was it was made that way. Yeah, yes. it, it's, a, it's a brilliant custom, and I'm glad, he, I'm glad he dredged that up again 
to celebrate Margot Kidder because it, it's it's really worth noting. Yes, it and he made the he changed the name on the box to say Lois Lane. It looks great. Which speaking of which, guys, I gotta gush about. I gotta I gotta be upfront here. The twelve inch Superman movie box. Oh is yeah, my, my favorite packaging of I think any toy of all time. It, it, I I love it. I think it's 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 like slight Peter Max art style, but it's like adapting um, like uh, Carmine Infantino and Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson and Neil Adams and and uh, it's, it's all this artwork that's been lifted from the comics. And so, Brian, so knows, that's that's a, that's a bunch of swipes. Yeah, I, I actually years ago I like went through and like found some of that artwork, like Lex oh. Cackling is actually from the Superman versus Spider-Man treasury. So there you go, Robin. <laughs> uh, uh, which is, of course, Ross, Andrew, and Dick Giordano. Um, the uh, Jor-El and Lara launching the rocket on the box is uh, actually from the origin of Superman and the Amazing World of Superman treasury that was later reprinted in Limited, limited Collector's Edition C31. That's by uh, that's Infantino Layouts, Kurt Swan, and Murphy Anderson. And I don't know what the Superman, the central Superman figure is with him flying, but that's most definitely a Kurt Swan Superman. Um, I've never been able to quite source that one, but the, the Superman figure on the back with his hands on his hips, that's from the cover of Superman number 300, and that's Swan and Oxner. So, yeah, there's there's artwork from the comics all over that thing just being re, redrawn, but it looks great, and it's like the legend of Superman on that box. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's... That's what I love about it. It's just it's it's really eye catching. Yeah, I, I love it too. It kind of looks yeah. like uh, Lex is laughing at the death of Joel and Lara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Superman, your parents are dead. <laughs> it's kind of what it looks like. But it does have that um, like the 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 blue kind of like uh, shootout lettering kind of, and not the lettering, but like that kind of like whoosh look in the background. Like it looks like Superman's fortress. Yeah, and I I, I think. Uh, yeah, the Lex is. It's really cool to have the Lex in the in the Super Friends, like Rob, uh, like uh, Brian said, in the Super Friends <laughs> jumpsuit there with your <laughs> tiring over your other uh, uh, your other Migos. It's kind of like the the one Super Friends episode where they get the the, the Legion of Doom get big, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, they make the weirdest characters giants like Captain. Yeah, Bull. Toy Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, the weakest guy. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I that is the main appeal for me, and I'm glad they chose that because I can't imagine a, any kid wanting a Gene Hackman in a, you know in a houndstooth jacket. <laughs> you know, like, there's just no play value in that unless you want to do Popeye Doyle, right? And <laughs> I, I would have wanted a 12 inch Valley Prine doll, but that's for yeah. I would like a one to one scale Valley. Prine. <laughs> <laughs> we are going into some territory with that, yeah. Well, you just—if you did want that Lex in his movie accurate outfit, you just had to wait for Mattel to make those uh, figures through Matty Collector, you know, about about ten years ago now. So, did um, anyone buy those? Like, I, I did. I have yeah. them. <laughs> they're 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 okay. You know, they're not Hot Toys level, but they also didn't cost two hundred dollars either. So, no, no. Yeah. I, I I remember thinking when they came out, like I should be all over this. And I just didn't care. Um, I don't know why that is. But they did Zod, too, right? Yeah, they did Superman, uh, Lex, and Zod. Yeah. Why was Zod's outfit red? 
Uh, you know, there. if you look closely, there is red in some of the elements of their outfits, like the kind of leathery parts of their outfit. It's got like a... Uh, like a like a really deep red and it's not black as it showed up on screen most of the time but it's not that red i mean yeah, they okay. get ridiculously red with it yeah yeah it looked like a shiny christmas wrap and i remember <laughs> thinking like it, uh, am i colorblind like did that you know what i mean like sometimes yeah. things you see an original prop and you go oh you know like uh, there was something i was doing recently where i wanted to replicate an outfit and a guy owned the original outfit on on tv it looks green and he sends me pictures of this purple outfit oh and it's like oh my god it's purple like i had no idea you know (laughs) so it's one of those things and then you sit there and go what do i do do i do screen accurate or actually prop accurate so i thought it was just something that mattel was making a choice there it's like the gold Star Trek shirts that are everybody, you know, the diehards will say they're not gold, they're green. They just look gold on screen. You know, it's like, no, dude, they're, to me, they're gold. I'm sorry. Oh, really? They're, they're greenish? <laughs> that supposedly, they like the, the standard command gold uniform shirt is really green. It's, it's not too far removed from Kirk's wraparound, apparently. Oh. Yeah, so... That's what I've read in multiple places, but it sure looks gold to me on TV. So I yeah, I did. I've never. I've been watching Star Trek a long time. I, I had no idea of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here looking at the 12 inch General Zod picture here on the Mego Museum site, and he fits in so well with the black hole. He really yeah. would. <laughs> you would not know the difference if he was not one of the black hole characters. I really realized that. Um, something else I wanted to ask about, and this seems kind of naive because, you know, it's business, we all know. But, like, I'm always amazed, like, how after a certain point uh, in the Mego line, like, there was no advertising in any DC Comics for any Mego toys anymore. And, like, you would think that if they were doing a separate line of, like, Superman, the movie doll, like, wouldn't they be advertising all over DC Comics? Now, I know that DC was not going to give Mego advertising space out of the goodness of its heart, but it, it's it was in DC's best interest for these things to sell. And so, you know what I mean? It's like, it seems so weird to me that like in the comic books, which you would think would be the number one place to advertise these, these toys, you know, I never saw a single ad for any of these things other than like the group page of like Superman movie merchandise. But like, I don't know, like it, I'm just seems so shocked to me that they wouldn't, you know, have an ad that DC wouldn't have run in it. Like in the Superman treasury, that they put out, that they would have, you know, they would let kids know, hey, you can buy dolls of these things. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure of their marketing. I mean, they they did do TV advertising, which I think is bigger than comics. But you know, like like I said, I saw the the commercial during the Super Friends, which seemed kind of logical. You know, the Amigo was uh, pretty selective about their comic book advertising. To be perfectly honest with you, maybe they they were working something with Heroes World. I don't know because mm. you know Heroes World advertised them. And, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I have no idea. Maybe they felt that that was already being saturated, so it didn't really matter, and they were getting paid either way. You know, hmm. the, the the only the, the only ads I remember running across were like the initial uh, the initial figures, and uh, I think there's an ad for those, and uh, then the elastic uh, superheroes got strangely around the same time as Superman the movie got ads in DC and Marvel comics. That's which right, was, they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's so strange that they chose to advertise those versus the much more accurate Superman movie lines. So. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think that's exactly it. I remember they, they, they advertised the, the first, like, the, or the second wave of Marvel characters. And mm. Mike, oh, you know what? The other one they did was the Micronaut Aliens. Mm. Oh, they did right that, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they had three. But yeah, I. I I couldn't tell you what their philosophy on that was, except maybe also they just thought that these comics are actually the best way to, to, to these comics are already promoting the characters and maybe, maybe that's all we need. Yeah. So, I mean, power records very rarely advertise as well. So there must've yeah. been something about comic, you know, comic books. They didn't, maybe you're right that they just looked at it and said, this whole thing is an ad. We don't need to buy ad space. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention when as I'm, as again, I'm looking at the Mego museum site, I realized the boy, Jorel is buff. Like, yeah, well, he is. They are cer- they are certainly not going after the Marlon Brando likeness. Well, it's 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 a young Marlon Brando. Um, I guess yeah. so. Man, he, I mean, he is he is built. Jeez, that, that's one of the things that you know me as a collector. I really prefer the first run of twelve inch figures that were sold in Canada and and uh, internationally because they they use this kind of body that's a little more akin to it's a little little bit better shape than. Uh, GI Joe, you know, uh, it's it's got some it's got some uh, it's got a nice physique to it, and Mego just decided to like it was. It kind of reminds me of the '90s Power of the Force. Like everybody's <laughs> huge, you know. Like Spider Man's got this chest, and it's like Spider Man's not a big guy, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, and of course, famously, the Captain America. His head is bigger than the like. They they did they they were doing some weird choices with it. I still love the line, but I, I much prefer that early run a lot better. Especially the Robin. It's it's the quintessential Robin action figure for me. Is is the the first twelve inch Robin? Oh yeah, not that nine and a half inch yeah. Robin or whatever. Yeah, he's he's super sharp. I'm glad I I finally got one of those and I it, it, I really dig him. Yeah. To me, it looked like Neil Adams when he would like. One of my favorite comics as a kid was the the Rajat Ghoul Treasury Edition, you know, shooting Robin, mm-hmm. and I, I loved the idea of Robin being like a twenty something. Yeah. And when I when I saw that doll, it was all I could think about because that's twenty something Robin, you know. The, the, yeah. And it just that was that that was a real peak moment of happiness when I got that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I that yeah, that was kind of the same thing with me with. Uh, I longed for the uh, the magnetic Batman and Robin and didn't have him as a kid because Robin looked older. And, of course, he was 12 inches tall, and he had that same – I didn't know it at the time, but it's pretty much the same head sculpt as the Gabriel Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, it's with, Super Joe. It's weird. Yeah, it's so strange, yeah. And Batman looked angry, you know. Yeah, uh, angry looked, Batman, yeah, yeah. He looks like Ben Affleck guy, somehow. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that happened, but he Yeah, I find, I find it has a strong resemblance to Christian Bale, too, the yeah. way the cowl's molded. Yes, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> One thing about Jor-El, you brought, you were talking about Jor-El, Rob, it's kind of odd they went with the comic look, but then didn't put the sun on his chest, which would have been cool to have that. Yeah, just that, a little sticker, you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. I never noticed that, but you're right. It's not on his chest, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it's, it's on the box. Of course, he's got the headband and black hair, too, but. Uh, yeah. 
you know, that's a, yeah, you can take your 12 inch Jorel and find your sister's Barbie and do last tango in Paris, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kid hasn't seen that? <laughs> are oh, these, man. um, are these, you guys are, are much more in the collector's uh, sort of uh, world than I am on this stuff. Like, are these, I'm sure, well, look, any boxed Vigo is expensive. There, there is none cheap anymore, but like, are these dolls, particularly desired among like real Mego collectors? Are they particularly expensive? Like, I mean, like I know that I'll never own an Aquaman versus the great white shark playset because the damn thing's like $10,000. Are these, are these like really super desired by no pun intended by, by fans or are they kind of mid-level or what? I I would say they are attainable goals. Um, Okay. Uh, you can get them. I, I lucked out. I got all three of them for seventy-five a pop. Uh, Superman excluded, because Superman people want a twelve-inch Superman in the box. So he, he actually goes for a little more, but even he's not hard to find. Um, wow. huh. okay. But uh, seventy-five was a really good deal. Yeah. I, I think you can mm-hmm. get them for like a hundred to hundred and twenty-five if you're earnest. They're they're not that hot. Um, they're wow. you know they're. They're good looking, but yeah, they're, I'd love to own um, one of these for that. For that, that's I'd buy, I'd pay that if I if I ever saw one in the wild. Just to, yeah, I, I've become more of kind of like a Superman movie collector ever since we started the show, mm-hmm. and and looking at these, like God, these are such such beautiful little ornaments, you know, of that of that time. That yeah, boy, that that's that's really surprising. I thought they'd be more expensive than that. And, and just to clarify, your Aquaman versus the Great White Shark. Um, it's not. There's a lot of people ask ten thousand dollars for those things, but that's there's a lot of endowment out there. I own one, and I paid much, 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 much less than that. For All right, it. good now, to know. It's, good to it's know. not perfect. It's not C ten by any means, but um, I, I feel very comfortable with what I paid for it. Oh, good to know. I hope springs yeah. eternal then. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. I've got Jor-El and Inzad on my short list of, of things I need for my Mego collection. I, I usually try to t- tend to leave that stuff for uh, uh, for Cindy to, to – to, sometimes she'll go bug Brian about it and yeah. ask. <laughs> she'll say, hey, is this a good price on this? And he'll tell her, yeah, yeah, it's, it's – no, no, don't do that, do this. So – uh, so I've, 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 that's been perpetually on my Christmas list for the past, like, I think 20 years now. So <laughs> well, these days I'll get them. <laughs> uh, I never can. Ask, I never ask for toys for Christmas. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm a big kid that way, I guess. I don't, I don't well, know. You also, your, your wife is still active in collecting. Mine hasn't really collected toys in a long time. So okay. it would be asked, like asking her to do something that she doesn't understand anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Enter this completely perplexing world and not know what to, what to pay for things or whatever. Um, yeah. one, other th- one other thing I wanted to ask you guys about the 12 inch line is like, I'm looking at the lineup of what the 12 inch ones that they Mego produce, and I had the 12 inch Hulk. In fact, there's a picture of me at Christmas, the picture I've sent you, Chris, of me opening the Death Star and building yeah. it. You see the you see the 12 inch Mego Hulk laying in the background. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a good Christmas. I'm going to assume that the 12 inch. Uh, Jor-El, Zod, and Luthor accepted because they were part of a separate line. But, like, that the 12-inch format was kind of like the reward for the biggest-selling figures. Like, it was like they they sold the most Batman, they sold the most Wonder Woman, they sold the most Spider-Man and Hulk, and so therefore they got the 12-inch. Like, nobody, they were never going to do a 12-inch Aquaman or 12-inch no, Penguin. No, right? no, they, they, if you look at the patterns of 
what they did in the late seventies, it started to go to the big four, which is Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk. And that was because those were the most popular and recurring characters. Right. Okay. Even though Mr. Fantastic is pictured on the box in one of the 12. Yeah. He was never happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that the comic, uh, the comic Superman that Parkdale released, his head would have been perfect to make into a Mr. Fantastic. Just give him some, you know, brown hair and white temples, and there you go. Oh, yeah, you it know. looks just like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice sculpt. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. I also like whoever sculpted those, the, the those first few, had a really nice style. They, you yeah. know, like, I really, very photorealistic uh Heads. I wonder if they're based on real people. I don't know. the The Batman always the Batman for some reason that 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 first twelve inch Batman looks more like a guy in a Batman mask versus a guy that's heads just the shape of Batman. You know what I mean? It, it's I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense, but it looks like somebody in a in a Batman mask. You know? Yeah. It, it's whoever was the style's very. It's it's not a comic come to life. It looks like human beings in masks, you know? It's Alex Ross before Alex Ross, which is odd because he actually uses those 12-inch Migos for his models sometimes. So. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me, do you remember those posters they came out with in the in the late 70s? And um, Oh, yes. I think, you know, like there's a Batman one and there's a Shazam one, and they're very kind of photorealistic. Yes. Oh, I love yes. those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're really cool. I, I remember uh, being really smitten with them at a flea market one day with a guy who had crazy, you know, $300 a piece pricing. But um, the Batman in that looks like a guy in a Batman costume as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's In, in fact, the ears on that the poster and the, the Mego Batman kind of remind me of each other. So that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool how they, they correlate there. Yeah. So I know that Mego, of course the line didn't quite go over as they had hoped, but there were a few other items planned, like a, a play set, right? And, and yeah, yeah. There, there was a, there, there was a play set that really looks kind of unimaginative for me. Yeah. It's just a series of, cardboard backdrops again they look very comic inspired as opposed to movie inspired although they're kind of sneaky you know there's a fortress of solitude there's a city there's a daily planet and then one backdrop i think is luther's lab you know uh because he was (laughs) always in his lab in the film (laughs) do do the do the avengers show up in that yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Scarlet Witch, and yeah, and it, it. I don't think that buyers were too interested in that. And then, Migo famously, they did they they tried to do anything they could. It it felt very slapdash, but they they took some old um, comic action heroes pieces from just two years earlier and repurposed them for Superman the movie. So they took the tower from the Wonder Woman playset. And the bridge from the Batman and the Exploding Bridge to simulate the earthquake in the film. And they also created, uh, they took the, uh, you guys know the Fortress of Solitude playset from the Comic Action Heroes? Oh, sure, yeah. I had it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is the Super Friends Hall of Justice. They just didn't want to have two playsets out there called <laughs> Hall of Justice. Like, it looks like Alex Toth's drawings. Well, they 
they tried to they repainted that all white and there's pictures of it at the museum and they you know they drew uh lois on one of the screens and they drew jor-el on another one and they they tried to sell it off as the the fortress of solitude for the movie and uh, i guess it just didn't warrant production you know, whatever the sales probably weren't there. I, I doubt that the buyers were too interested in Superman the movie merchandise because it really didn't, it really wasn't flying off the shelves. Hmm. You know, something that just occurred to me and I never thought about it. You know, when they first came out with the uh, the Wonder Woman, the the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, she came with the Diana Prince outfit. It's it's a shame they didn't do the same thing for with Clark Kent for Superman. That would have been. That would have been awesome if you had a Clark Kent outfit to change your 12-inch Superman into. <laughs> yeah, it would have been, but I guess that was all probably more like hint, uh, focused at girls' play. Right, You know, the yeah. play pattern of girls. like the, And, you know, like I think that at one point, wasn't the Wonder Woman doll just a naked, like the, the outfit was just painted on? Yeah, like her, like, yeah, most of her, yeah, her outfit was... Um, like her bodice and everything was painted on, and then she had the blue shorts over top of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's probably just cost savings too, right? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Plus, I mean, if you thought Christopher Reeve looked huge in his Clark Kent outfit when you put it over that muscle-bound <laughs> yeah. body that they gave me, go, but, you know, but, but, there's, but there's actually an even buffer Superman with a Christopher Reeve head, right? Yes, there is. There's one on my <laughs> deck right now. <laughs> I just I just bought a new one uh, off a guy on Facebook, but yeah, that's the um, that's the famous uh, 12-inch Superman that was only sold in England by Denny Fisher. And um, what is that called? Power Action Superman? I think so. Power Action, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was um, famously created by John McNett. He didn't even know it got made because <laughs> uh, he wanted to make it out of metal, and and you know they. They kind of shot him down, and then years later, we, we found out by getting in touch with him about it, and it, of course, it got made. He wasn't surprised it got made, <laughs> but he was—he didn't—he never knew. And oh wow! Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting toy. It has the same body as Pulsar uh, from Mattel, but it's been <laughs> it's been modified heavily to put this gizmo in, and um, it's it's it still has that. Christopher Reeve head, but it looks so pinheaded, like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't look right. Um, <laughs> it's the white whale. I've had two opportunities to buy one and I've blown it. Uh, a good friend of mine locally, well not he has one and I got to check it out one day. It's really cool. Uh, I I'll have to just settle for loose on that, but I would love to own one of those. Yeah, the box is really nice. It shows him like bending the girder around him. He's come, he comes with a girder that he can bend, right? So yeah, yeah. it's it's almost like a six million dollar man product. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool. It yeah, you know, it was funny when Superman Returns came out. They Mattel made a Superman like a larger Superman with a cloth costume that could came with a girder that could bend like that. So it's almost like I remember like they, that. Yeah, yeah, I was really tempted to buy one of those. Yeah, it's actually pretty nice. I mean, for a you know off-the-shelf retail item that was pretty cheap, it was. And he's got the heat vision, like the light pipe eyes. You can, you know, so he's of course he's always got the angry red eyes of doom or whatever that you know <laughs> people talk about Superman nowadays. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's a pretty sharp looking figure for you know it costs probably like fifteen twenty bucks. So 
it's it's a nice it's like the best looking brandon routh superman i got so you know yeah 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 there wasn't a lot out there but that was i i was i remember being really tempted by that toy when it came out but i think the one and only time i saw it i was traveling mm. and you know it was just like one of those things like, ah, i don't want to get that now and you know <laughs> never got another opportunity oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well guys did we do you think we covered the the line pretty well? Any any other thoughts on the Superman twelve inch movie line? I, I have one suggestion in that if you do want to recreate scenes from the movie using Mego dolls, it's a little hard, but you could uh, get the Starsky and Hutch Huggy Bear doll, and he can be the pimp that <laughs> tells Superman he has a nice outfit before he saves Lois. You could you could do that. I'm just saying it's probably, probably you don't get a lot of play value. It's a very short scene, but nevertheless. The the, the 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 items are there for for you if you if you want to. <laughs> Just have to do it in a weird perspective because like Superman is like four feet taller than the, <laughs> he's a very small pimp. You know? Well, you get the eight, the get the this the Huggy Bear was eight inch, and you get the twelve inch Superman, and there you go. Yeah, it's proportions perfect. The Huggy Bear is very conservatively dressed, by the he way. Yes, like, right. He's, he's got his denim outfit. He doesn't have his big pimp hat or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. There's no. He's he's very. Miko was very, very uh, quiet with that figure. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a pimp action figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, oddly enough, that right now while this is uh, this is, we're recording this and this episode's uh, going to go out. As as far as I know, it's been reported on the Mego Museum, and I know Brian's seen this uh, at Myers stores. Uh, they are uh, they sell these comic art prints there, and you can usually get them about fifteen twenty bucks or on a canvas. For some strange reason, they have reproduced the back of the red-carded Mego Pocket Superheroes artwork. Yeah, yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, there's a weird, weird uh, problem with it too. They, it's like they took someone's card that was on the uh, on the wall somewhere. There's a pinhole in it. Yeah, <laughs> right through Captain Marvel's head. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like somebody couldn't have just like quickly like you know cloned that in Photoshop. Like two, it's, that's a two. I work in Photoshop every day. That's a two second job, people. Come on, it really uh, is. <laughs> but but you know, at the same time, it's so cool that you know not only is all this great DC Comics art that that Migo redrew on this or lifted, but there's also that strange version of Jor El and Zod on the back of this package. So. Yep. So these strange pseudo comic pseudo movie versions of these characters still live on somehow, you know. And there's, you can actually go into a store and pick up something with those versions. That's that's nuts. What's, <laughs> just, what's even weirder is on the white pocket heroes card, um, they have uh, they have Zod and Jor El on those. Yeah, and it's like Zod doesn't even look anything like the action figure. It's like the comic Zod with his like his little hat and yeah, the military looking Zod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to point out that Shazam is on the red card, and they never made a pocket hero Shazam. Oh yeah, and he's got the hole in his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not coming. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, one 
one last thing I will say, and this was this is just the way my you know kid my kid brain worked. But like I had all those pocket heroes, and I had the comic action. But when I was a kid, it always bothered me when on merchandise they would draw the heroes and villains like running together. I'm like, what are you doing? Every all of you turn around and beat up Zod. Stop that! <laughs> like wait, you know, like he's a bad guy. You shouldn't be running with him. And I didn't understand merchandising. You know, it's like, well, no, they can't have them fighting. But as a kid, like I, I crafted the stories even on merchandise. You know, I'm like, there's the, the superheroes are not paying attention to the bad guys. They should be stopping them. What are they? Why are they running along with them? That's not right. It just bothered me very much. <laughs> it's like that end scene in Blazing Saddles where everybody's just running out of the studio together. Right, it's the yeah, villains it's, it's and exactly heroes. Exactly what it is. Yep. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall here. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we all had our little hang-ups as kids it's amazing we all survived yeah. right <laughs> what bothered us like i used to i got really hung up for a while playing crossing the worlds of marvel and dc and i was eight like what why you know I'm, it was like I, I ran a condo board or something you know like i was getting all into these these rules and continuity and it's just why am I not just playing, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's it's weird that, you know, some things like, I think partially because I didn't have, like, the villains, like, I didn't have any of the 8-inch villains when I was a kid, because by the time I came along, I came a little late into the Mego game, really, and I think, like you said, Brian, there wasn't a whole lot, I mean, there were probably some villains being shipped by the time when I first started buying Migos, but by the time I was really getting them, there was just basically Superman, Batman, Robin, Spider-Man, Captain America, and the Hulk. That's all that were in the case assortments, because that's all I ever had of the 8-inch. So I had to play with, like, different toys and different scales, so when I got older, I didn't mind, like, mixing, if I thought a character from G.I. Joe looked cool, I'd mix him in with my superpowers play, or you know, Mighty Crusaders, uh, Comet. Well, you get to be Cyclops with the Secret Wars because you got the visor, even though you're totally out of proportion. You know, to, to them. So, you know, it it didn't it didn't. I guess you know I had had to do it earlier when I was younger, so I was just more open to mixing and matching things like that. It's strange. So yeah, no, I don't think it's all that strange. I just think you know. Um... The, the thing that used to torment me as a kid was, you know, right at the height of all the super friends and that, you would walk in any store and it would be your choice of Hulk or Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen um, uh, anybody in ages. And then a new store opened up and my, my folks went on opening day and there was a Mego display box in there. Oh. And, and it was probably 1978, 1979. And there was like Iron Man and Green Arrow and, and, and Shazam and Aquaman. And I wept because I just panicked. Like I wasn't going to get, you know, how do I talk to my mom and get it? And she, she said, yeah, you can pick one. You can have one. Stop crying. Because um, I was, in a, it wasn't like I had just worked myself into this tizzy thinking like I'll never see this again. And, and that's probably why I collect toys. <laughs> probably so. Right there. Right there. Um, and, and it was really hard, but I chose Iron Man that day. Oh, wow. It was like the most exotic Mego I had seen in so long. Um, but there were no losers in that in that pile. Oh, no. I mean, in Iron Man, that's a, that's a, there's just something about that Iron Man Mego that's just really sharp. The red and the yellow and the way they sculpted his boots and his his gloves and the fists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sharp. Yeah, yeah. Even if he's got of... the nose. You know, that's comic accurate for the time. But, yeah, he's got the nose, so. <laughs> 
I was I was thrilled. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I, 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 the the figures on the back of the Mego, the eight inch Mego packaging, the 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 drawings, they haunted me. I mean, I yeah. never saw those figures. I, no. I I remember taking the back of one of my Spider Man figures and cutting out the figure of the Human Torch and playing with it. I mean, <laughs> that's desperate, man. <laughs> that's how desperate I was to have other Mego, you know, yeah. action figures. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Kids will not be stopped. No, no, no. We have imagination. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll fill in the blanks. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode. Brian, thanks as always for joining me and, and Rob to yak about toys. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk yeah, to you. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, I hope that. In a few weeks, I will see you in person. Here's uh, so, hoping. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So, what exciting Mego happening can you tell us about? Well, it'll it'll be Mego meet for one thing. Yeah. So we're going to have a big room of Mego collectors and dealers, and and uh, hopefully a lot of members of the Mego, the various Mego forums, be it from Facebook and and and, and of course our own forums. Uh, we're going to be having a custom miser of the year. Um, Hall of Fame. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought there. That's going to be very interesting. That's the first time we're doing that. Of course, it's our first year in Columbus, Ohio, which is exciting. That's where the, uh, I believe that's is, is Columbus where the, uh, the, the the Hall of Justice is. Oh, uh, that's in Cincinnati. Dang. Okay, I got my cities. <laughs> and of course, the big draw this year is uh, first time ever at Mego Meet is Marty Abrams is coming. Wow. He will be uh, coming and holding court and giving a talk and uh, apparently a presentation that uh, you won't want to miss. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just the past. It's uh, Amigo's future that he's going to be talking about. So um, Very exciting. Very exciting things. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm trying to firm up plans, but I am t- planning at least coming up for the day, if not, you know, staying and uh, coming up for the Saturday. That's that's my intention. So I hope I hope to be there. Uh, yeah, you're you're close, right? Yeah, I'm fairly close. I'm about three hours, so it's not too bad. I can yeah. I can I can do that. Yeah, I'm driving double that. So yeah, I'm, yeah, you're driving double that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if I can do the overnight thing right now, but I I. Uh, I'm gonna to try to try to make it up and back if nothing else. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's well, been I hope a, I see it. Yeah, me too. It's it's been a while. It's been a it's been a few years since I've uh, I didn't get I never went to the Skokie show. I kept wanting to, and stuff kept coming up. I I, I went to Wheeling a couple times. So uh, it's always a great show. If anybody is if you loved Migos as a kid, if you if you just love toys from this era, I can't encourage you enough to check out Migo Meet. It's it's fantastic. You'll never. It, it's it's more than just uh than just a it's not a toy it's a toy show you can buy stuff but it's just like this really cool super cool hangout with people that like minded people and it's, yeah it, it's it's definitely bigger of a community actually yes it's a community thing it's great it's fantastic it's it's uh, the only show where dealers just all leave their tables and go take a photograph right I always, I always loved that about me going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to plug before we say goodbye, Brian? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. All right. <laughs> of course, we know we can go to you can go to platstallions.com and and you and Jason Lindsay do pod stallions about That's once right. a month, which is yeah. 
great podcast. See, I'm plugging for you. Say so. And you guys, <laughs> you you guys just did an episode about Superman. We did actually. Yeah, it was uh, Superman's 80th, and we we uh, we kicked around some of our favorite stuff about the Man of Steel. Yeah, that was great. Yep, it's fantastic. So. Yeah. We're, yeah. So, Rob, you got anything you want to plug? No, it's all on the network, firewaterpodcast.com. This is, this, I'm just going to say, this is our first uh, bonus episode of Superman Movie Minute, but we will be doing uh, a bunch more. We have, Chris and I have a, a bunch of uh, really fun ideas for bonus episodes, so I hope uh, you all like this one, because it won't be the last. That's right, that's right. So, thanks, Brian, for stopping by. Yeah. It's always a I, pleasure. Have me back for the Valerie Perrine one. We can get all weird. <laughs> We'll have to get you in on a Superman 2 movie minute where she's in it. How's that? You want to do okay. that? Sounds good. Okay, let's do that. Let's write, let's, let's pencil him in, Rob. That's going to gonna have to be quick. <laughs> she's yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so, she's like, <laughs> when she's going to find a bathroom, maybe. I know that scene's in there, right? So in the fortress. So. Oh, that's right. She's not in that much, is she? No, unfortunately, no. No. The, you get the balloon scenes, and that's about it. North, Miss Tessmacher. Do north. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> so rather than ramble on, we'll say goodbye. Thank you all for listening and keep your ears tuned for another bonus episode of Superman Movie Minute. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman with flyaway action. Joel, General Zod, and Lex Luthor each sold separately. It's Superman. And this is Wonder Woman with flyaway action. Flyaway action for Wonder Woman and Superman require assembly. Wonder Woman, you can make her fly. Superman and Wonder Woman, both with a flyaway action pack. All figures sold separately by Miko.